96.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Thanks for tuning in on a Tuesday here on the Full Court Press. Whether it's on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, the 106.9 The Fan mobile app, or 1069thefan.com. And Ajay has been busy decorating here again. And uh, Ajay, you've, are you, it looks great. Are you still upset? It looks great. Are you, you seem like, so I was sitting there hanging up the jerseys and Bill like walks right next to the window and just glared at me. Because you have like, a Stockton jersey and a Malone jersey, so it's made it. We have a LeBron James High School jersey. We're getting there. You got a uh, Muhammad Ali Punching bag. See over now there? we tell so Bill like Billy just looked at it and he just like scoffed. I said, Billy, I'm just I'm trying to do my job, man. You know, when you guys fire me, this all is gonna go. I hope like you know that, right? It, like when this if it's when, in here, it's like company property now. When you fire me, this is all going and it's gone. You guys can have the posters, but everything else I'm go I'm taking with me. So have fun with that. <laughs> oh, oops. Uh <laughs> Push the wrong button there. Are you trying to get us to do something? I mean, <laughs> no. you want us to fire you? <laughs> no, I, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, Eric. Uh, other than that, how are you? I'm good. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. You don't seem like the old saucy Eric. Uh, I am. I, I'm, I'm sort of wondering okay. if we're going to have the same stat that blew our mind. I don't know. Oh, because you don't have one yet. I don't know if we'll have the same okay. set that blows our mind. There we go. I got a good one for you. It's a good one, but it's a bad one, too. You better go first because you always accuse me of stealing yours. That I mean, that's fine. I'm just saying I like it and I hate it. I like my stat, but I hate my stat. <laughs> okay. I don't really understand how to take that. Oh, God. Uh... Okay, we take it however you want, Eric. Hey, um, coming up uh, later on in the show, uh, there was some post-practice audio from yesterday that we just weren't able to get to. We spent so much time about the scrimmage and hearing from uh, Blake Anderson, Kyle Van Leeuwen, and Halle Matia... Matia... Uh, go ahead, Eric. Halle. You got it. Oh, uh, there you Halle. go. Um, that we didn't get a chance to hear from John Gentry. Motuapawaka, by the way. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, we didn't hear, hear from John Gentry or Hunter Reynolds yesterday. I got up to practice again today and spoke with Kyle Cephalo and uh, Ray Brown, the uh, wide receivers coach and cornerbacks coach, respectively, and uh, had some really good conversations with them. Um, fall camp officially ends tomorrow. After that, it's all preparations for Washington State. It's it's right around the corner, Ajay. Uh, I'm I'm getting excited. It's yeah, here. I'm pretty stoked about it as well. We'll have our opposition research next Wednesday, Eric. <clears throat> yes. Getting prepped for the Cougars. We'll have a beat writer from Washington State join us to talk Washington State football and what they look like here coming up uh, on the 2021 season. So uh, look forward to that. Yeah, I can't believe the season's already here. Oh, man. And it's a late game, dude. I hate late games. Yeah, 
I think it's the latest one we'll have too all year. I'm yeah, pretty that's sure. not bad. I mean, I, if we're going to do a late game, I'd rather have it in September than December. Yes, or that late is November. True. That is true because those just those it already gets dark early. I'm just saying for the fact <laughs> that time of year. I'm just saying for the fact of traveling, like our game's going to get done at 11:30. You know, we'll all get on the bus and get on a plane, so we aren't getting home until maybe three o'clock in the morning, two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Are you traveling to that one? I am. Yeah. Pray for us. When do you start like laying out what you're gonna take? Like the day before? Do you already no. have a go bag with like your essentials in it? And you yeah, just like, grab and go. Honestly, are you one of those guys that makes a list and then you check it off as you put it in? <laughs> no, like <laughs> no, I, I, you pretty much just live out of a suitcase. So you like when you come home, you just wash the exact same stuff and just put it right back in. That's honestly what you do. Because you're only gone, because you're gone, you leave the day before, you come home the night after, like, the night of the game. So as soon as the game's over, we're all packed up. We are on the bus, getting to a plane, airport, getting on a plane and getting out. So, but it's just a long process to get onto the plane and then get home. But, uh, yeah, well, it's, yeah. Luckily, it's, a, it's I, th- I, I would guess that it's our only late 8 o'clock game of the year. That'd be my guess. Because the other two games, New Mexico State and New Mexico State, will not be an 8 o'clock game. There's no way. And then I think there's one more conference game that they don't have planned yet. So, BYU's at 7. I think Air Force is at 7, I think. Yeah, I'm pulling them up right oh, now. Yeah. But you're right. They're with this new deal with, with Fox um, and, uh, and CBS, there really aren't that many late games. No, anymore. so we got, I mean, again, no more 8.30 kickoffs with regularity. So like it's, I guess, so, I mean, it's a 9 o'clock Mountain ESPN. Time kickoff for you guys. So, I mean, in, in yes, Washington, it'll be 8 o'clock. But game. then 7 o'clock uh, for North Dakota, 5.30 against Air Force. That's wonderful. Boise State's a 10 a.m. game. I love that. BYU, Utah State, the original 7 o'clock start for them. 5 o'clock against UNLV, 7.30 against Colorado State. That kind of sucks, especially in late October. But Hawaii is at 1 o'clock. New Mexico State, I'm guessing, will be a day game. There's no way they put that game at 8 o'clock at night. And same thing with San Jose State. I would imagine. Well, I guess it's it based on where the on the Spartans. Stand. Yeah. I well, mean, we could say it does depends on the Aggies, too. But No, you're it right, though. depend more if on the Spartans. both teams are looking at maybe a potential division or conference championship matchup, then you're going to see that thing probably in the evening. prime time. Yep, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then Wyoming, Utah State, 6 o'clock, and then New Mexico and Utah State to cap it off will be at 11 a.m. That is the Black Friday game. That's the day after Thanksgiving. So we'll play instead. So we played Thanksgiving last year against New Mexico. Now they just moved it one day ahead this year, 11 o'clock in Albuquerque. Two early kickoffs, a 10 a.m. kick and an 11 a.m. kick. And I, I've heard from players, uh, and I've heard this from – People that play professionally and those in, in college as well that uh, they prefer earlier kickoffs because you get it done, you get it out of the way, you you adjust your schedule, yes, you do your walkthroughs, you get the game done, and then you're you're it's done. Yeah, like the late kickoffs, you do your walkthrough, you have your breakfast, you come back, you have your meal, yeah, more meetings, so you're sitting around. Have more meetings. You're just wasting time until that late kickoff. Exactly. So, like the biggest problem I had with the Boise State game in '18 is playing at eight o'clock. That was just rough, man. Like those kids are amped up the morning they get up, and then they have to like, they go to breakfast. 
They have some meetings. They see some film. They go back to their hotel room. They have a light meal at night just in the evening. I mean, before they leave and go to the game. Then finally they get to the stadium and it's like 5 o'clock. And you still got three hours before game time. I mean, Eric, it just takes forever. And and a game like that with that kind of magnitude should have been at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Just it's too big of a game to make him sit till 8 o'clock at night. I, it just never made sense to me, man. So, yeah, we've got a variety of kick times. Nothing is consistent um, No, that's, that's a great point. But, um, so every week's going to be different. Um, we don't know. Uh, two kick times are still unknown. But, uh, yeah, we're a week and a half away from the beginning of Utah State football. Starts at uh, It kicks off Mountain Time, 9 o'clock on Pac-12 Network. It's where you can watch that game. Uh, we'll have our pregame coverage on our uh, sister station, KVNU. In fact, it may be actually simulcast over here. I'm, it will be. i got to yeah. get confirmation that's on that. That's what I've been told, at least. I think that's what I'm hearing. Uh, so it'll be here uh, at uh, 8 o'clock with Al Lewis and Craig Hislop, uh, a one-hour pregame. Uh, you can watch the game on the Pac-12 network, and then when it's all said and done, we'll be back on the air with post-game reaction. Ryan Baum, former Aggie uh, running back, will join us. And, uh, I miss Ryan. I, our reactions to what Can happened. you give me his number so I can call him in and set up an appointment to have him come on our show? I could do that. What? As uh, long as that's like why you're going to call him. If, I don't want you just like, hey, Ryan, this is AJ. I'm a really big fan. Can I get you to sign something for me in no, my new sports studio? No, I'm not that kind that of a guy. has all of our cool memorabilia. Dude, you know what? Shove it. Hey, can we is get- he on one of these posters actually? No. I don't know if he is. He was on the 05 team. So if you have the 05 poster, which is right there. Well, we do have the 05 poster. But, uh, yeah, Ryan Bohm played that season. I don't think he played after that. I think he was done. He played a couple of seasons. Did he play two? So then there's the – we don't have an 06 schedule. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, if we get him down here, we'll have to uh... – Hey, oh, no. That's... Is he on this one? Is he... Oh, he... No, that's, no that's an 07. He was already done by then. Um, that's what we should do. We should get Riley Jensen next week and Ryan Bohm next week. That would be saucy. Yeah, we did not have near enough time with Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Oh, yeah, I want that back so badly, and he'll do it too. Let's uh, let let let's let's dance again in that regard. I'd love to have those guys back on. Uh, four zero eight six. Oh, sorry, nine three one five. Text in is Ozzy going to hang up some sports memorabilia from the rodeo on Thursday? I might grab a couple piles of manure and stick it right up there. And everybody's like, hey, is that a brownie? Next to your other Tupperware? Is that a brownie, dude? <laughs> hey, eat that. God. Uh, 4086, who remembers the day when the kickoff times were at noon or 1 p.m. on Saturday? And afterwards, you go to Frederico's for dinner. Yummy. Um, yeah, that was, what, uh, 30 years ago? Yeah, that was Nothing has been the same. Yeah. but uh, Since he, cable see, television. But here's the thing. I mean, 10 a.m. kickoff. I'm getting out of there by 10, 11, 12, 1. I'm getting out of there by like 2, which is great. You can see all the primetime games. 5 o'clock against UNLV. That sucks because you got to fly home. But uh, I guess it's an hour back, so what, be 4 o'clock there? That's not too bad. Utah State at 1 against Hawaii. Like, these are, I'm okay with these times. 7.30 against Colorado State's a little rough. That's not too bad, though. That's not bad. See, why play it at 7.30? Why don't you just play it at 7 or 8? Why at 7.30? What's the difference, Eric? 7.30 is a great time. Why? Because it's it's 30 minutes away from 8? I, I don't I get why. Prefer what? 7.30 to 8. 
Certainly prefer that to 830. When these, uh, a lot of these games used to be. Uh, we should also note there are some of these games that are on Fridays. Not just on Saturday. We have three Friday games, right? BYU, North Dakota, and New Mexico on Black Friday. Yeah. Those are your three Friday games. We have no Thursday games, which is a bummer. Everything else is Saturday. Uh, 4086, problem with playing YBU at 7 is the game will get over about midnight the way way YBU passes all the time. Dude, I think they're going to be a running machine. I think they might pound that thing on the ground this year. Because they're uncertain at quarterback? Yep. Yeah, that'd be my guess. So maybe that game gets over by 10. I think the last two years it's been over like at 10, 11 o'clock, it felt like. That's because they're putting so many points up on the board. That was a massacre. Yeah. Because Utah State will put so many points on the board on them. Well, I hope so. Let's let's. If it goes to eleven and we're up by forty, I'm going to be okay with it. If it goes to eleven, we're down by thirty. I'm going to be kind of miffed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> Heaven forbid that uh, IJ gets miffed. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, you know, Eric. I don't know what your problem is today. Let's get this game going. Got to finish it up. I can see the temperature rising over there with. Aj. Oh, okay. Say, oh, so you like so you like four hour games? Let's put that to note to all our wonderful listeners. Eric likes four hour football games. <laughs> Loves them. <laughs> Wants to see it happen. Uh, Boise State, Utah State, make no. it happen. Let's go six overtimes too. Let's be done at five o'clock. That's your fault, Eric. That's all your fault. Yeah, man, I can't believe it. Next Saturday, eight p.m. Washington State. Hey, um, coming up this week, uh, some really uh, fun and, and different uh, kind of high school football games that are going on. You got Ridgeline facing Snow Canyon, a great North versus South matchup. Uh, that game will start at 5 o'clock on Friday. Then at 6.15 up on the uh, Merlin Olson Field, you got Logan taking on Stansbury. This is the third Regional 11 team that Sansbury's faced. Uh, one, they totally beat up on a uh, Regional 11 team. And then the following week, they got destroyed. Uh, what will happen this week? Logan has been a great uh, football team, a great surprise so far, how well they've played offensively and defensively. So we'll, uh, uh, what uh, what will happen there? Will Stansbury rebound or will Logan have the advantage? Uh, that's at 6-15. Uh, part of a double header. We'll find out more about that tomorrow when the event organizer, D. Jones, will be joining us here in studio. Uh, you've got a great traditional rivalry with Mountain Crest and Box Elder. They used to be part of the same region years ago. They're, I mean, geographically close to each other. That's going to be a fun one. They're in Hiram at 7 o'clock. And you've got uh, a couple of teams from Region 11 up in Idaho this upcoming week. So, um, I think it's, it's going to be a really interesting and fun uh, weekend of uh, high school football. Yeah, the thing I like about it is the Idaho-Utah relationship, how they get, a, you know, either one team comes here or we go there. Um, it seems like we always go there, though, doesn't it? I have not seen an Idaho team come here in a long time, it feels no, like. No, they're, uh, they, Skyview especially usually does kind of a back and forth, um, either with Highland or, or Century. 
they kind of do a home and home. Like one year they'll go there, and next they'll, they'll return the favor. Um, this isn't the first time that teams have gone up to Madison for part of this Rocky Mountain rumble or whatever they're calling it up there um, with multiple teams over a weekend. So um, they those schools do come to uh, Cache Valley and play. It happens. Uh, 4086, <laughs> are you tired of my text? If so, I'll stop. No, don't stop texting. We love texting. That's why we have the line for you guys, for our listeners. So, yeah, text in all you want. Uh, he also says, I've noticed also the most of your high school games are going longer, or am I just imagining that? It feels like they're going longer. Uh, no, oh, no. Oh, man. It feels like we're having the latest nights. Even We've had a couple go almost three hours. Uh, three, hours three hours, dude, in a high school football game. When they're up by like 30, and then you have like the mercy roll, and it just still feels like it's dragging. How they're going to try to get one game done on under oh, two dude, hours? That's going to be so tough. And then yeah, get because the next game you started have, at 8 15. You have two of the luck. most like you, two ha- you have two high power offenses that like to throw the ball. And uh, I just don't, that, that game's going to go at least three. Honestly, it will. And then you got to play a second game rowing Clearfield like it. 10. 15, which is really not going to start until probably closer to 9. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first game's at 6.15. Yeah. I don't know why that's not starting a little bit earlier. We'll have to ask D tomorrow. Yeah. That's going to be a late night. For Rowan Clearfield. Yeah, luckily those are on Friday nights as well. Thank goodness for them. But, no, I'm excited. It'll be, again, uh, I look forward to the Logan Stansberry game. I think Ridgeline and Snow Canyon will also be a barn burner. Um, you know, what Snow Canyon's been able to do the last three, four years in football and what Ridgeline's putting up, obviously, they've got probably the hottest offense in the state. Um, I think, I, in fact, I think that offense could compete with any team in any classification. I really do. I just think the way they are, they're they're running like a machine. Be hard not to uh, to think otherwise. So, yeah, looking forward to some good high school games this week, and then we'll have our what our bread and butter play of the game uh, Friday night after the uh, Skyview game. Call it in a Monday when uh, oh we need to give away some tickets. Yeah, we do. Let's give away another fourth pack of tickets today. Let's do it. We got we got a lot we need to give away too. Uh, four zero eight six. My senior year, at Logan High School, we hosted Star Valley, Wyoming. Oh, that's cool. My brother, when they were at Mountain Crest, they played uh the like some team from California, and they're supposed to be like really really good. And I think the Mustangs wiped them by like 21, 24 points. It's crazy. Like these teams from out of state will come here and they think, oh, it's just Utah. They can't play ball. And then all of a sudden they face a good Skyview team, a Logan, Mountain Crest. And they're going home with an L. It's just crazy how often that happens. Well, one of the concerns uh, about um, some of the scheduling out of state teams is will, will their schedule slash RPI work with what our schools are doing in UHSAA with RPI. In fact, of the matter is most schools, most state associations in this area are operating under the same framework. So the fact that we, that three schools play Idaho teams this week and Logan plays another one uh, next week, uh, it, it, it all still works together with the RPI. Yeah, and 4086 brings up a great point. A lot of schools down in Salt Lake Valley host the bigger schools from California and, and Vegas, for example. Like, Bingham's done it a lot. They've played a team from Hawaii. They've played a team. They played Bishop Gorman once. They've played teams from Texas. Uh, and they've televised those games. I think one of their games was, two of their games have been on ESPN. And those, that's cool to see a, a local high school in Utah, at least, 
play on ESPN and get that kind of uh, that kind of notice and recognition. That's that's always been fun to watch. Yeah, very cool. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a time out here in the full court press. Uh, when we come back, there's this alliance that has been formed in college football, well, college athletics, we should say. Big 10, ACC, Pac-12. What is it? Really, what 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 is it? Does it amount to anything? And how does it affect the future of college athletics? We'll discuss that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. It's back to school time. You're getting the clothes and the supplies, but don't forget the haircut. The students at New Horizons Beauty College are trained in all the latest trends and techniques. Plus, New Horizons has great prices on the products to help you maintain that new look, like Redken, Matrix, Biolage, and Bricado. All services performed by students and closely supervised by licensed instructors. Oh, hey, they're also enrolling for fall classes right now. Create your own individuality at New Horizons Beauty College in Logan. Ascent Aesthetics is quickly becoming the choice of those looking for Botox, fillers, skincare, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical grade facials, and more. Doctors Blotter, Benyon, and Robinette of Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat have assembled an incredible staff that want to meet and help you feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. At Ascent Aesthetics, it's always education first. Visit Ascent Aesthetics in their new Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. Go to AscentAesthetics.com. That's AscentAesthetics.com for more details. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, the regular season is in sight as the Dallas Cowboys and Jacksonville Jaguars conclude the preseason from Dallas, Texas. Hi, this is Kevin Figures. Join Kevin Ray, Danny White, and myself for all the action as Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys look to end the preseason with a victory against Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. It's the Cowboys and the Jaguars. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday morning, beginning at 1030 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Love to have you participate. 435-339-0321 on the Guild Mortgage text line. And, Ajay, there's been this talk you know, since the SEC is polling Oklahoma and Texas out of the Big 12. Uh, has every other major conference kind of running for cover, trying to figure out what the next steps are? And I think name image likeness has also caused a lot of confusion and disruption. NCAA says we're reevaluating our own constitution and our own governance. And so some conferences are trying to figure out how do we navigate these next few years. Um, and certainly, frankly, the conferences like the Mountain West are trying to keep conversations open and keep the lines of communication going, but all they can really do is just sit and watch and wait for dominoes to fall. Um, but uh, Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12, they've decided they've come together and they're Forming an alliance, you know, do you sounds remember? like something in world, not okay. world war, but I'm talking about uh, <laughs> the uh, office, WWE. Oh, okay. I mean, Listen to you like, try to pretend like you're actually in WWE fans. I mean, it's Stop it. Hulk Hogan Stop and Stone it. Cold Steve Austin. That was never up. an alliance. I'm gonna slap you for saying. I'm gonna come over. Triple dude, H. Don't, Eric. 
don't disrespect that. Diamond Dallas Page. That wasn't an alliance. Shut up. Okay, do you remember what I asked you earlier? I'm like, hey, we should talk about the alliance today. And you're like, it's just a bunch of words, AJ. That's all it is. And I'm reading this statement, and I'm like, this is just a bunch of words, man. It's all it is. It's not. There's nothing formal. No. They didn't sign anything. (laughs) There's nothing here. They're like, the three conferences remain competitors in every sense, but are committed to collaborating and providing thought leadership in various opportunities and challenges facing college athletics, including student-athlete mental and physical health, uh, wellness and support, strong academic experience and support, diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, social justice, gender, uh, is it equity? Is that what it means? Mm-hmm. Uh, structure or future structure of the NCAA federal legislative efforts and postseason championships and future formats. Hey, what does that mean? Postseason championships and future formats. Okay, so there are some who don't like the idea of college football playoff expansion. Although the, the commissioner of the Pac-12 has said we're all for it. So I think that they're trying to get the, each other on the same page there. But should it expand or not? So uh, according to uh, Heather Dinich, one of the things that, uh, that they talked about is whether well, specific topics they agreed to tackle together including the future structure of the NCAA, as you mentioned, social justice, gender equity issues, these things. But one thing that they're not talking about is um, really specifically about college football playoff. They didn't, as a, and as in a quote-unquote alliance, <clears throat> they were hesitant to say anything official about that. So, I, I and I loved how you mentioned this, like the Alliance has no signed contract. Eric, it's based solely on trust. Could you imagine like USC going over to Ohio State and you you cheated on me when I specifically asked you not to? Like, like what do you mean? Like, are we spit-shaking here? Are we all like, you know, uh, sticking a hot iron on our wrist as commissioners and, and then shaking our hands? What are we doing? Like, how do you mean based solely on trust? What's the point of this Alliance? I'm so confused. So, well, what are some of the things that it, it's supposed to do is do some scheduling with each other. Um, you know, they'll they'll still try to work some things out where they're, um, you know, that they give each other opportunities against each other to help their schedules out. Both the Pac-12 and Big Ten are going to consider if they want to go from their current nine-game conference schedule to an eight-game schedule to free up more opportunities for you know, non-conference scheduling with these other conferences. But still, a lot of it is just, well, we're just, you know, we're, we're keeping our existing contracts and games in order. We're not canceling anything. We're and not officially signing anything new either. I love what the ACC commissioner, Jim Phillips, said, quote, we want and need the Big 12 to do well. The 12 matters in college athletics. The Big 12 matters in Power 5 athletics, end quote. So then why didn't the Alliance say, you know what, Big 12, we want you to join us? Like, what were they doing? Like, hey, they still matter, but we didn't want them to join us. I, the heck is going on? It's really weird. Like, the Big 12 was not invited to this party. They're getting raided by the SEC. They're just sitting there Dude, like, yeah. trying to figure out. Like, they were, the Big 12 initially reached out to um, 
uh, Klyavkov with yeah. the Pac-12 saying, hey, can we work out some kind of an alliance? Yep. And instead, this other alliance gets formed. The Pac-12 just sitting there <laughs> with their hands raised like, what do we got to do? Yeah, this is a this is a mess. And according to Brett McMurphy, an SEC source just brought up the great point of uh, that exact same thing of why didn't the Big 12 get included in this whole entire joint? I just, I don't know. So the Big 12's just hanging out. But and did, did you see what uh, <laughs> 4086 uh, secret combinations abound? 9315, <laughs> I think a lot of talk but no action with the Alliance in football. Smoke and mirrors, smoke and nothing. Nothing. Yeah, probably. Meanwhile, did you see what the SEC did on their network today? No. This is not a joke. They played eight hours of SEC championship uh, or national championship wins. Good for them. They're like, oh, you guys are forming an alliance? Here's what we're going to do on our network. Here's all our <laughs> national championships. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. I just, this is so messy, dude. I, I don't know how this is going to work. And like the whole, hey, we're going to schedule each other, but do not schedule somebody else from the SEC. But Florida and Florida State are still got to play each other, right? South Carolina and North Carolina need to play each other. Clemson and South Carolina had a rivalry. Uh, I don't think Utah would, but I guess Utah's supposed to play Florida... Next year, aren't they? I, I want to say. I think it's next year. Actually, I think they're they're scheduled to play Florida in a in a home and home. Yep, they're at Florida on September third. Holy crap, that's a heck of a game. I just, this is just really weird. It's like we're gonna get together. We're all gonna agree that, like, let's let's hold firm. We'll. We'll try to create some scheduling opportunities for each other, but that's about it. I mean, yeah. the ACC is still undecided on college football playoff expansion. Pac-12 has said we're 100% behind it. Uh, the Big Ten is like, yeah, but we need to do some homework. So it's like, what What did you all decide? And really, look, as a commissioner, you can say one thing, but if the right money gets thrown at any specific school, that's a whole other thing. It's a whole other yep. ball of wax. And it's, a m- it's all about the dollars. <laughs> Takes three Power Five conferences to make up the dollars that the SEC can make with just two other schools advancing into it. That's incredible. Because one of them owns a network. That's amazing, dude. It's just unreal. Hey, uh, kind of off topic here, but speaking of Pac-12, I guess, Arizona coach Jed Fish... Announces both redshirt freshman Gunnar Cruz and a Washington State QB transfer, or excuse me, um, uh, Will Plummer, who's a Washington State transfer, and the freshman Will Plummer will play QB in the opener versus BYU. So Gunnar Cruz, who's a redshirt freshman, and then Will Plummer, who's a Washington State transfer and a freshman, are both going to be quarterback in the opener versus BYU. I take that over in a heartbeat. I think it's minus 11. I take BYU with the over. Ah, well, good for uh, Arizona. Looks like they're about to have another solid year. Uh, let's see. 4086. Okay. Top, top five football games you would like to see happen. Oh, that's easy. Um, 
I was a huge fan of the BYU Notre Dame game. They called it the uh, not the Holy War, but the religious war. Catholics versus Mormons. Oh, that was always fun. Um, I don't know. Ohio State and Clemson. I've already seen. I feel like I've already seen, though I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Michigan versus Clemson would be interesting. Mm. Or Michigan versus Alabama would be good. Nick Saban versus uh, John Harbaugh, right? Michigan versus Alabama would be interesting. I would like that. Utah versus Alabama, a rematch of the twenty uh, or excuse me, 2009 Sugar Bowl, though I don't think it would go as well as it did that day. But that'd be fun. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Nine three one five. Love how someone in the conference today said something about volleyball, where that's not the reason to make an alliance. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. Me neither. I missed that one. It's all about football, and it's all about dollars. That, yep. Exactly. Football will dictate where you're going and when you're going there. That's usually how it works here. In the college athletics world. So, yeah. Good stuff, though. And, again, I just don't know if this... I, I don't know if the Lions is going to have enough to uh, to pull together that they can do whatever the SEC is doing. And, again, it's about making the college football playoff. Like, I mean, what, there's, what, four spots? And it could easily be occupied by... Alabama, Georgia, and then probably Clemson and maybe Ohio State. So you still have two SEC schools in there. That's the biggest issue. So, it, look, there, one of the other things too is that there there may be some in in the middle of conference. There there's some talk about this for basketball. There may be some in conference scheduling. Uh, they may help each other with non-conference scheduling um, but to see how that could come together. But still, it's just it's it's nothing. It's words, and they don't really mean anything. There's nothing official. They're just uh, they say they're looking across the eye at each other, and then they trust each other. Yeah. Okay, that's great. <laughs> but when it's time to renegotiate your TV contract with Fox or ESPN or hey, so how's somebody that? else? Yeah. I guess I guess the Pac-12 Am- network and the Big Ten Amazon network wouldn't. Thing? The Pac-12 and Big Ten networks wouldn't have any effect, right? They won't get affected by this, would they? With the alliance, they could. Because that could get really ugly. Because you want to talk about egotistical ne- egotistical networks, it's it goes in this order: the SEC, Pac-12, and Big Ten. One, two, and three. And the Pac-12, nobody can even watch anyway. So they have a bunch of games on their station. From non-conference teams, those non-conference teams are going to be livid. Oh, you can't watch the game because it's at our place on the Pac-12 network. And Sorry, that's just how it is. By the way, I was reading a stat, Eric. I didn't know this. 84 teams. So we had, what, how many bowls canceled last year? Uh, there were like oh, quite a 17, few. 18 bowls canceled. Yeah, quite a few. So 84 teams this year will be going bowling. That's about 65% of the football subdivision. 65% percent we going bowling. If you're 5 and 6, you're going bowling. You're going bowling yeah, there will be There will be losing teams that will go bowling. Actually, sorry, 5 and 7. 
That's nuts, man. That's so bad. Everybody gets a participation trophy. Hey, here's the Little Caesars Bowl. Enjoy that. Hey, here's the uh, Toilet Bowl. Enjoy that one. Uh, 2305, Jim Harbaugh is the coach of Michigan. John is of the Ravens. Thank you. I, c I can never get those two straight. They both whine. They both look alike. But they're both annoying. Names, first names, we'll start with Jay. Dude, J Jim's an... I can't stand Jim. I don't know how he's still the coach at Michigan either. They haven't beat Ohio State in seven years. Uh, I think only two of those games, three of those games have been close. He hasn't been to the college football playoff. Uh... I don't know what his bull record is, but I don't think it's good. Like, there's how he is to steal the coach at Michigan. And they ran out guys like Rich Rodriguez. Um, who else did they run out? Brady Hoke, I think they ran out. Yeah. Yep. Like, that just makes no sense to me. I like John. John's a good guy. Good ball player. Well, yeah, good ball player, I guess. He was back when he played for the Colts. I think he's a good coach uh, with in the NFL. Oh, he's done great in the NFL. Yeah. Who is better, Jim or John? Because Jim only left because he took the job at Michigan. But he got his team to an NFC Championship one year and a Super Bowl the next year. John's been to the Super Bowl. Yeah, twice. A couple times. No, once. Hasn't he? He went uh, when they played the 49ers in the Harbaugh Bowl. I, was I thought he'd been one year before that. No. Not that I know of. I think it was only been to one Super Bowl. Because that was the one that Ray Lewis won. It's been to one. Yeah, Harbaugh was not the coach then. Yeah, he was. When Ray Lewis won? Yeah. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. That was the Harbaugh Bowl. The one the Ravens won against the San Francisco 49ers was Jim Harbaugh versus John Harbaugh. No, Ray Lewis was earlier than that. Ray Lewis won his final game and retired after that season when they won the Super Bowl. Oh, but they went to Super Bowl before then. But In 2000, coach. and Ray Lewis won that one. That that's was when Brian okay. Billick was the coach. Billick, that's, that's right. Don't mess with me, Eric. <laughs> you just are never going to win those battles, buddy. I appreciate your effort, but mm -mm, not against me. Uh, hey, how does this affect does – does this alliance thing affect smaller conferences like the Mountain West? Do you think Boise State maybe gets some phone calls and says, hey, we're thinking about you. Do you want to be a part of this? Here, uh, you raise a great question. Because fact, the Pac-12 Pac said by the end of the week they will announce if they're looking at expansion. So, uh, actually, let's, let's take a quick timeout because we okay. need to, and then let's answer that. It's, I think there's – there's, uh, I think there are ramifications for the Mountain West Conference, including Utah State. Yes, I would agree with you. Uh, if you want to weigh in on that as well, we'd love to get your reactions, 435-339-0321. Also coming up next hour, we'll hear from a couple of Aggie players, a couple of Aggie coaches, as uh, Utah State football fall camp is winding down before they turn their attention solely to Washington State. We'll get their assessments of how things are going so far. Stay tuned for that. It's coming up on the Full Court Press. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. It's first and goal on the 10-yard line. Your team is poised to make the play of a lifetime. Your quarterback hands off to the running back who rushes right into a wall. Now the away team says they'll take the wall out of your way, but only after you hand them a suitcase full of cash. That's exactly how ransomware works. In 2020, half of all organizations were victims of a ransomware attack. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. It's 
excitement for high school football wraps up this weekend with the return of the Rocky Mountain kickoff. Two big games Friday night, August 27th. The first game kicks off at 6.15 and features Logan versus Stansbury. The late game is at 8.15 with 6.8 teams, Roy and Clearfield going head-to-head. One admission price gets you both games. Gates open at 5.30. The Rocky Mountain kickoff. Two big games Friday night in the USU football stadium. Tickets are only $5 and on sale now at the USU ticket office. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. We kick off the 2021 season in the Big Ten West Division as the Illinois Fighting Illini host the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Hi, it's Greg Daniels. Join Chad Brown and me for all the action as Coach Scott Frost and the Huskers look for a tough road win against new head coach Brett Bielema and the Fighting Illini. It's Nebraska and Illinois. If it's college football, it's right here. Saturday morning beginning at 1030 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Summer is cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the Howe, and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl that might just lead to that extra special moment at Jarek's Fine Jewelry, Cash Valley's engagement ring store where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. School is out and summer's here. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent at Alpine Home Medical. We offer you the best quality products as well as excellent customer service. Whether you're in one of our 10 retail stores or shopping online, we'll provide you with the best experience possible. From CPAPs to compression stockings to portable oxygen concentrators, wheelchairs and scooters, you won't find a better selection anywhere. Visit us online at alpinehomemedical.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems. Did you know that Valley Office Systems is a local company with Utah ownership and we are debt-free with 47 years of industry experience? Valley remains your safe and smart choice for document solutions in all things office. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. And uh, Ajay, you posed a really good question going into the break about this new alliance. And I'm going to put it in air quotes because it's not it's nothing official. Just a couple of conference commissioners got together in a room and said, can we agree to not like poach each other and try to work for the common good of college athletics? And that's about <laughs> it. That's it. I mean, really, there's nothing. There's no teeth to what they talked about. There's nothing on paper. Uh, it was really just for show, in my opinion, just to show their their respective shareholders, uh, the schools that are under their conference, uh, that they're they're doing something. You need to sh- act like you're doing something. They need to see you trying to do something, even if it is doesn't yield anything. You need to at least act like you are. Yeah, and uh, I. <laughs> The Pac-12 said by the end of the week they're going to have an expansion decision, whether they're going to expand or not. Uh, I would imagine that they will. To be very honest with you, I think they're going to try and add one or two more teams, actually. Uh, but it's just who those two teams are. I think Boise State gets a phone call. I just, 
Ba- football no wise, Eric, yeah, absolutely. Boise State's not going to the Pac. They absolutely. They base talent, good recruiting, football. Eric, you said it's all about football and dollars. Boise State brings that market to the Pac-12. And it's a good football team. Yeah, I absolutely, yeah, think they get a phone call. The reason I don't think that they do is because, look, they're not an academic institution. Pac-12 really prides itself, whether it's warranted or not, but they really pride themselves on, if you're part of our group, you are a research institution, uh, you've got a certain standard for academics. Boise State's not on that list. They're they're far from that list. Um, So I, I just don't think that they're... I just don't think they're on that that conversation. I think if the Pac-12 does anything, they're not going to try to elevate somebody who's not currently in a in a, a power conference. I think they're going to try to poach some of the schools that are in the Big 12 who are looking for stability, looking for an opportunity, and the Pac-12 will be an answer to their questions that they're facing right now. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Uh, 9315 also says that he thinks the second team I would mention is BYU. I don't think BYU gets that invite. I think that ship has sailed so long ago that they're not even looking at him. Yeah, there's no way BYU gets that invite. I was actually going to say, like you said, Big 12 as a second school. So whether that's TCU, Kansas State, uh, man, trying to think of other Big 12 schools. <laughs> uh, Oklahoma State, I don't think we'll get that invite. It was too far out. So, yeah, I would say Boise State and then one team from the Big 12. That's my guess. So, Mike, you asked the question about how does this alliance affect somebody like the Mountain West or Utah State specifically. I, I would have a concern if I'm the Mountain West. Okay. Especially if these school, these conferences look at changing their, their format that they're only going to have eight conference games instead of nine, which mm-hmm. they've been doing to open up more opportunities for non-conference scheduling, I I think that they're going to work harder at scheduling other Power 5 schools in their non-conference schedule. I I think it'll be be harder for schools in the Mountain West to get a Pac-12 school on their schedule. To get... I mean, they don't get Big Ten schools on their schedule. Very... I mean, that's kind of a rare instance. Uh, but uh, it's certainly not an ACC school. That's even more rare because of uh, you know just distance and travel. But I think it affects what that non-conference scheduling will look like in the Mountain West. I think it'll be harder for the Mountain West teams to schedule a, a USC, an Oregon State, a Washington State. Because they're going to mm. try to schedule with the Big Ten and the ACC. That's true. They will. A lot of their non-conference stuff will be with with the Big Ten or the. That's absolutely true. By the way, that's going to help immensely for the University of Utah and the Utes. That's going to help so much to be able to have that kind of a partnership. Side note there. Um, I don't know. It just seems like football, like Boise State football, gives almost all the checks to to be a part of a Power Five. Good football team, good market, great facilities, well funded for football. I just they're in a great spot. 
And, and again, it's in kind of a different market in Idaho. Not yeah, I, I just I just don't see will Boise State be a target for somebody in expansion? Yeah, but not from the Pac-12. If the Big 12 tries to expand to still try, stay relevant as a Power 5 conference, they're going to have to make some uh, additions to their conference affiliation. I think the American Athletic is their most likely target, but um, they may they may expand further west, not just at, uh, at Boise State. They may come calling to Colorado State, or even as far west as San Diego State. By the way, a uh, radio station in Kansas has said he has heard that Kansas State and Oklahoma State will be accepted to the Pac-12. West Virginia is going to the ACC, and Kansas and Iowa State are going to the Big Ten. Wow. So it leaves Texas Tech. Dude, Texas Tech could be left in limbo. Did they join the Mountain West? Come on, Mountain West. Come on. Come on, Matt Wells. You know you want some. You want some. Back in the good old C-Town. Look, outside of the Pac-12, Texas Tech is the closest geographical team to the Mountain West. Eric, if Boise State didn't go into the Pac-12, there is no way in you-know-what that Texas Tech is going to the Mountain West. No way, and you know that. Now they're li- more likely to go to the American Athletic. Oklahoma State and Kansas State to the Pac-12. That's interesting. West Virginia to the ACC is all that, that would be already assumed. That'd be already guaranteed. But Kansas and Iowa State to the Big Ten. Why? Why would Kansas want the? Why did Big Ten want Kansas? What do they bring? But that's a good basketball team. That's it. It's about football. That's the that that'd be the wrong decision. Uh, let's see here. Nine three one five. Does anybody get a canceled or contract they have now that you're out like ten years to put somebody in with this alliance? I don't think so. Yeah, the contract situation would just be bought up by the next conference they go to. Four zero eight six. Which radio station in Kansas are you referring to? Six seventy. The score. Which, by the way, is not in Kansas. I apologize. It's in Chicago. Same place. (laughs) They're both in the Midwest. Yeah, they're both like there with great pizza. I've never known Kansas is a great place for pizza, but. Dude, I just, I don't don't know. I've never been through there. I've been craving pizza all day, so don't, let's not do this right now. Uh, But yeah, okay. So, again, I think you're looking at. Man, if Texas Tech gets left out in limbo, <laughs> that would suck for them. Then you're for the Big Twelve. You're just building. You're, you're just building. What the, the AAC schools? You're saying Cincinnati, Houston, UCF. Come on over. Let's let's build this little thing. And Texas Tech would be hanging out at the not so cool kids table. Oh, that's got to suck. That would suck. TCU's in that conversation. Right? Who else is in the Big 12? Who else am I missing? Uh, Baylor. Baylor would be in that conversation hanging out with them. 
It's it's really messy. Dude. That is awesome. <laughs> Texas Tech in the Mountain West. Oh, dude. I would tick them off so badly. I mean, if the Mountain West is going to expand, where do they go? New Mexico State? No. UTEP? Go to the ACC schools, Eric. Get Houston. I mean, that'd be great if Houston joined. Don't get Cincinnati. Get Houston. Get Memphis is too far. You go to like uh, Tulsa? Or, I mean, excuse me, Toledo? If you're going to get Toledo, you might as well go get Cincinnati then. <laughs> SMU? There you go. SMU, there you go. Get SMU. Thank you, 6891. What? Hit me. SMU. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 4086. It has a good Godfather's in Kansas. Yeah, come on, Eric. <laughs> Godfather's pizza, I'll man. Take, take your word for it. <laughs> Just take your word for it. Look, it's it's all fun to speculate. It is fun. Texas Tech to the Mountain West is hilarious, man. Dude, they'd be so PO'd if they had to come play in the Mountain West. But I mean, what are those? Where are those Big Twelve teams going to go? They're going to be absolved in the AAC. They're going to be picked off from the AAC, excuse me, ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12. It, the Big 12 is just going to be non-existent. It's going to totally disappear. Uh, yeah. We'll continue talking about this quote-unquote alliance uh, as we continue to get reactions to it. Also coming up next hour, we'll hear from a couple different Aggie football players and coaches as we continue our uh, post-practice interviews and uh, and reports about what's going on with Utah State as they prepare for Washington State next Saturday. Uh, so stick around for that. That's coming up next hour. We'll also share the stat that blew our minds. Uh, Player of the week. There's some craziness going on in baseball. We'll get into that. Uh, but also coming up here shortly is the Dan Patrick Above the Noise, and that's brought to you by Napa Auto Parts. Our locally owned Napa Auto Parts are from Preston to Providence. They've got five different Cache Valley locations. Whether you work on your car or somebody else does, make sure you're, they're using or you're using those quality Napa auto parts. And they got several different specials going on this month, still through the end of the month. Uh, go check them out at any of those five different locations. Like a $20 mail-in rebate on any Napa battery, Chevron Dello diesel motor oil at $12 a gallon, Napa 15-weight 40 heavy-duty engine oil for $10.39 a gallon. So they got a lot of different deals going on at Napa Auto Parts in their five different locations from Preston to Providence. Go check them out. They sponsor Dan Patrick's Above the Noise. And coming up next hour, more about Utah State football. We'll hear from coaches and players. Stick around. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Saints haven't named a starting quarterback yet, but Jameis Winston looked pretty good last night against Jacksonville. His competition, Taysom Hill, was inconsistent. It's just the preseason, and the Jags are probably one of the worst teams in the league. But you got a sense of what Winston can do with a coach like Sean Payton and his offense. He has one of the better arms in the league. We haven't seen any of the questionable throws that plagued him in Tampa. 
at least not yet. That doesn't mean that they won't come back during the regular season. For now, the Saints fans have to be excited and a little bit relieved. There's a lot of unknown in the post-Drew Brees era. How do you replace one of the most productive quarterbacks in league history? Jameis is only 27. He has a chance to be a whole lot more than just a bridge quarterback. We've always known how much talent Jameis Winston has. And just maybe, just maybe, New Orleans is the place that he can finally put it all together again. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. There's one brand that pro athletes like Ricky Fowler and Carson Palmer depend on to help them recover and stay on top of their games. Level Select CBD Sports Creams and Roll-Ons. You don't have to be a pro athlete to experience the fast-acting and noticeable relief of Level Select CBD. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com now. Use the promo code DAN40 for 40% off your entire order. That's right, 40%. That's LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DAN40. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. You want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. According to the 2021 Nielsen Report, over 99% of places in the United States that take credit cards take the Discover card. So get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2021 Nielsen Report. Whether you work on your own car or somebody else does, be sure to always use reliable Napa Auto Parts. Find these specials at your five locally owned Cache Valley Napa Auto Parts locations. $20 mail-in rebate on any Napa battery. Chevron Dello diesel motor oil, $12 a gallon. Napa 15W40, $10.39 a gallon. Napa diesel exhaust fluid on sale, $8.99 for the 2.5 gallon size. From Preston to Providence, get your Napa know-how. Ascent Aesthetics is quickly becoming the choice of those looking for Botox, fillers, skin care, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical grade facials, and more. Doctors Blotter Benyon and Robinette of Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat have assembled an incredible staff that want to meet and help you feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. At Ascent Aesthetics, it's always education first. Visit Ascent Aesthetics in their new Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. Go to AscentAesthetics.com. That's AscentAesthetics.com for more details. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. KLGN Logan, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. We what you need to know. The world of college athletics ever-changing as the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 have come to an agreement creating an alliance that they hope will allow them to work as a unit in handling the growing issues across the NCAA. A scheduling aspect to this agreement involving the football and men's and women's basketball programs will go into effect as soon as possible based in part on existing contracts. Jaguars rookie running back Travis Etienne will not play this coming season. That after being placed on the IR in advance of a surgery to address a Liz Frank injury in his left foot, Justin Fields will get to start this week's preseason finale for the Bears. Head coach Matt Nagy made the announcement after noting that Andy Dalton will not play Saturday against Tennessee. Busy full slate Tuesday, nine games getting underway this hour in Major League Baseball. AL East leading Tampa Bay is in Philadelphia, while NL East leading Atlanta hosts the New York Yankees. I'm Ralph Irvin. It's the Full Court Press. There is no stopping this team! The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead. He's got it! 
Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvis. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like... The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Sorry, I had a cough there. What's going on, everybody? Eric France and Andre Salveson. Thanks for tuning in. It's the Full Court Press here on The Fan, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, the 106.9 The Fan mobile app, and streaming online, 106.9thefan.com. And by the way, if you haven't checked it out already, subscribe to our podcasts or go to 106.9thefan.com, and you can listen to any of our past episodes but you can also listen to bonus audio of just the specific interviews that we've done with uh, players and coaches, what, uh, what was said after the scrimmage on Saturday for Utah State, a great resource for Aggie fans. I uh, wanted to hear it straight from uh, the players or the coaches and not through somebody else's filter. So you can go to do that at Cash, <laughs> Cash Valley Daily. It's also a good resource too. But uh, you can go to 1069thefan.com. Uh, to check all of that out. And um, uh, speaking of which, uh, yesterday after practice, I had a chance to speak with Hunter Reynolds and John Gentry. We'll hear from them um, about uh, how things are going so far uh, with Utah State football. And then I got a chance to speak with uh, wide receivers coach Kyle Cephalo. And uh, what are you doing over there? Sorry, they're they're looking at the jerseys and they're like, Bill looks pissed. Bill's like, why is there jazz jerseys? What do you want, Bill? He's not going to, he won't be mad. It's hard. To, I can't imagine a scenario where he gets mad. Are you serious? I've seen him mad before. And it was probably my fault, but don't worry about it. But I've seen him <laughs> mad before. Uh, so okay. we'll hear from uh, Kyle Cephalo and cornerbacks uh, coach Ray Brown. Looking forward to that. Uh, audio will be posted online. You can find it on 1069thefan.com. Fort Six texted in and said, hey, Mountain West would get Houston, Tulsa, North Texas, SMU, and Texas Tech if Mountain West were to expand. Um, Houston is not going to go to the Mountain West. Yeah. Houston's going to – but neither is Texas Tech, Eric. Let's make that clear. Uh, yeah, that's, I just don't think that's very likely. Hey, 6891, I would like to see Weber State in the Mountain West. Weber State would be great. They have a good men's basketball team. Mm-hmm. They have a great football team, dude. They've been in the semifinal, whatever. Yeah, at their like, level, they're good. Yeah. Eric, don't. Like, even at our level, Utah State struggled every now and then. So don't, yeah. let's not like throw stones. It's fair. 8003. Hey, guys, sorry I'm late. What are we talking about today? Well, hello, 8003. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. Uh, if you guys want to text in 435 339 0321, uh, we talked expansion, we talked alliance in the first hour. Uh, we have our stat that blew our mind, our player of the week coming up here in the second hour. Lots of audio, as you said. Oh, we need to give away some tickets today, dude, for the Rocky Mountain kickoff. That's true. We need to figure out how we're going to give away those tickets, too. Share with us a nomination for a player of the week. Oh, good. Okay. And the person that we think stands out with the nomination We'll give you four tickets. How's that sound? That is saucy. Good call. I like it. So text in 435-339-0321. Who should we recognize as our player of the week? If you've got a nomination, 
text in. Let us know. And uh, you will set aside four tickets to go to the uh, Logan Stansberry Rocky Mountain kickoff game, 6-15 on Friday yeah. night. That- and then uh, following that, I mean, your ticket will get you into both games. It'll, after the Logan game, it's the it's Roy and uh, Clearfield, right? Yes. Yep. Hey, uh, by the way, the PA announcer on Saturday called it Romney Stadium twice. It's like, odd. Welcome to Romney Stadium. I was like, he's he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. So I'm. He also struggled with a couple players' names. Oh, uh, Eric, we, I, I did it. We last struggled hour, with so. a couple players' names as well. It's it's not uh, just them. Six eight six zero. Have we discussed what food is in the Tupperware, guys? It is not food. It is. And by the way, I'm bringing some uh, bowl crap back on uh, on Monday next week as part of our uh, decorate. So today we added Stockton Malone jerseys and the LeBron James High School jersey. But it is not food in that Tupperware. It is Boston Red Sox pitcher mound dirt. Look what you've done, Eric. Shame uh, on you. The angle that it's at. What do you mean I'm the at angle here doesn't even, Tupperware? It looks like it's crushed up graham crackers. That is so insulting. So insulting. Get how. Such valuable stuff. You know, I'm taking it away. I'm taking it home. That's what I'm doing. 8003. Player of the week. Coach Anderson for not candy coating the scrimmage. You know what? Actually, I'm Give him that's credit a good for that. candidate. Give him credit. That's a great candidate because, dude, he went out there and he's like, and I, you know, asked about the quarterback situation. Oh, you know, based on today, I don't think anyone really helped themselves. Uh, amen. I like it. You're supposed to be playing with pace. Yeah, well, we're tired. We're sluggish. No, he said we weren't productive. Like, you can't play the pace if you're not productive and you can't do anything on offense. Yeah. Well, he also said they were tired and sluggish. 9948. If the SEC keeps expanding and other Power 5 schools join the Mountain West, we'll be non-relevant. Well, the SEC is at 16 schools. I don't know how much more you can expand. Pac-12 will add two. And you have two divisions of eight. And that's, as, that's already – one division is already the more Pac-12 will as add the Big two. 12. The Big Ten's going to add two. And the ACC, I don't know what they'll do. If and if the but here's what's gonna happen, if the Pac-12 adds Boise State to it, Mount West is in a lot of trouble. Depending on who they can pick up. That's a nice if, but the Pac-12 will not add Boise State. I still think I think they will. I think they like the smell of Boise State. What they bring football wise, facility wise. I do. I just. Mm. The different markets. They're going to raid the Big Twelve. They're going to expand their footprint. Or the Big Twelve is just going to go after the AAC. What would you rather do? Go play with the Pac-12 across the country, or go play in the Big Twelve, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, depending on who's there. No, I think that's a fair question. If I'm the Big Twelve schools now, do I just? They're all looking out for number one. They're trying to figure out what's best for them. And is what's best for them to uh, go out there and fill the holes that have been created and still retain the Big 12 as a Power 5 conference? Or is it best to just say, we're going to cut our losses and we're just going to go somewhere that already has stability? Makes sense. Makes and I think it's different for question. every school. that Because yeah. in some schools, it's like it makes total sense for us to just hang on. 
look where we are in this corridor of where we are geographically. There's some schools in our footprint that may actually help us. Let's go after some schools and let's still keep the Big 12 brand. Because if we go to some other conference, man, we have to pay exit fees. We won't be able to get uh, the the revenue share the same. We're going to be behind the eight ball. We're uh, going to be further on, on the totem pole. Whereas if we stay in the Big 12, we can stay in somewhat control and keep our position of influence. Uh, 2603, how about Eric being inducted into the USU Hall of Fame? Has this been discussed enough? Wait, what am I missing here? <laughs> uh, it'd be cool if it was me, but it's not me. There's another Eric Franson. Oh, yeah. He spells his name differently. Dude, I remember the first time, because I, I was a producer when you guys had him in live in the studio one time. And, dude, he was monster. He's he a was big man. tall, dude. And I was like, yeah, we can tell the difference between nerdy Eric Franson and the real dude, Eric Franson. Uh, which one is which? Because I've... Eric, I want you to go shoot a jump shot, and I think we'll very much see uh, I've, well, I've the heard difference. Eric, the other Eric Franson, he's like an engineer. He's really good with numbers. And and he's a Utah State Basketball Hall of Famer. He's just nerdy. Obviously. And you are... You can't even crack the ballot for the Utah Broadcasting Hall of Fame yet, yes. <laughs> so Eric Franson, <laughs> the basketball player, is not the same as the Eric Franson, the guy that... Uh, Opens up the microphone every afternoon. <laughs> Kill. 5452, can we get you to tweet out a pic of the studio decor? Yeah. Piranhas, you a betcha. I'll tweet it out. Oh, no. You need an update. No, you need a new one for I'm not today. tweeting it out. I'll text you so you can see it. I think it looks all right, though. I'll text you a photo, Piranhas. I think that is Piranhas, right? Yeah. I'll text you a photo, Piranhas, and you can give me your thoughts. 7854. Oh, sorry. No, 4446. Player of the week, Zach Wilson for being preseason MVP. Typical BYU. <laughs> That's true. Like, he's putting up some okay numbers, and then it's like, uh, they're playing against the third and fourth string. Let's let's calm down here. Let, yeah. Let's chill out. 7854, who do they pair up with Boise State? Who is the partner? Someone out of the Big 12. Texas Tech. Baylor. Um, I don't know what you mean by pair up. Well, they just got to add another team. You can't have just one school. You got to add somebody else. Okay. So it, Boise. It used to be you'd have quote unquote travel partners. Yeah. But that just uh, exist. I'm going to say, so I'll say Baylor or Texas Tech. Wait, if the Pac 12 grabs two teams, Boise State, who else do they grab? And I'm saying Texas Tech or Baylor. Probably Baylor, though. I think Baylor's going to get the nod over them. Over Oklahoma State or Kansas is yes. what's being reported Absolutely. somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, well, in fact, uh, there, there is one report that St. Oklahoma State, would, or I guess Kansas, would head to the Big Ten. That makes no sense to me. None. Uh, 9948. It will eventually be the Power Three conferences, possibly two. I could see three. I could see three. That's, wh that's why the Pac-12 needs to add on. That's the exact reason why they need to add on. They could get left in the dust here really quickly. The Big Ten won't be. But, they got too much money. ACC, same thing. Pac-12 is the last one standing. And I think it was last man out. 20 years ago? Yeah. There was discussion that in the future, there could be just a few super conferences of 16 teams each, and they would break away from the NCAA. And they would pay their players, and they would do their own thing. Fast forward to 2021, we're, we're a lot closer to that reality. We have one conference now at 16 teams. Wow. 
We're paying players. They're not determining their own championship. They're not haven't totally broken away from uh, the NCAA. Though I guess college football playoff does determine its own champion. Mm-hmm. It's not related to the NCAA. Correct. Yep. Correct. Uh, let's see here. Seven eight five four says nope. If they go Big Twelve, they're taking two out there or out of there. I think the Pac twelve needs to add four teams. Ooh, that's a lot. Well, if the Pac-12 goes to 16, oh, geez. the four schools they would take, I would imagine, would all be former Big 12 schools. I would say Boise State, Baylor, Texas Tech, and God, I don't know, TCU. I kind of have a hard time seeing Pac-12 add any private religious school. Oh, good point. Are. So I don't know that Baylor or TCU get the invitation. Wow, and I didn't think about that. So Texas Tech could definitely get an invite. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State will get the invite. But if if okay, yeah, Oklahoma State and Texas, okay. But if Oklahoma State would get to an invite to the Big Ten, who do you think they take? Pac twelve or Big Ten? Big Ten, right? If Just, Oklahoma State gets an invitation from both, yeah, they would take the Big Ten, right? Just I mean. I pass it religiously closer, regionally closer. I mean, it's regionally right, closer. Yeah, I mean, it's just right in their woodhouse, wheelhouse. Same thing. Because Nebraska's not too far away. No. And nope. The, I mean, that would help them out. No. It's a hot mess. End of the day, though. I mean, as much as we would love to think that Utah State could potentially be a target for any of these conferences, they won't be. Schools within the Mountain no. West Conference will be targets. Yeah, Utah State, State will Colorado definitely State, not San be on Diego that list. State. No, and honestly, I mean, I won't say they'd be the very bottom of the barrel, but they're they're not even going to be thought of. You're right. San Diego State's going to be thought of. Colorado State could be thought of. Do you think Boise Colorado State? would would resist any talk about Colorado State join going to nah. the Pac-12? It, it, it there's no, there's not the whole sizzly, you know. We there's hate you. There's a little bit of a rivalry there. A and M, but not like what A and M in Texas is. No, but there is a rivalry there. Yeah, I, I would say no. I would, I would say I, I think they'd be all right with it in the end. Two six zero three. If Pac twelve adds four, I would think Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Boise. I don't. It's not going to happen. Pac-12 is not going to invite Boise they State. They will. They will. They're going to get an invitation. Not to the Pac-12. Yes, they will, dude. The facilities are. Eric, you told me in the first hour it's football and dollars. Guess what, Boise State has football and dollars. Facilities look great. Recruiting is new in Idaho. Like you're, you're looking at a totally different the Colorado region. State budget is as big, if not bigger, than Boise State. But their football team is not good. And their facilities aren't, and I can tell you oh, right they now. They are. They just built a brand new, beautiful it's, football it's facility. Not, it's not near. It's not near what uh it's not near what Boise State has. Uh let's see here. Two six oh three. If Pac twelve adds four, I think Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Boise. That's that's a good selection of teams. That's a great selection. I mean, because you're covering the Midwest. You're still in Texas, and you've got your foot in the northern part of the 
I guess, country, if you will, with Idaho. Colorado State, this is according to USA Today, they looked at all athletic budgets and their finances. Now, this is a few years old, but this is as of 2018-19. Colorado State is ranked 59th. Boise State is ranked 65th. Colorado State has a bigger operating budget and more revenue than Boise State. It's all about dollars, Ajay. Boise State has those dollars. Colorado State has more. No, it, but they don't have the football program. Do they? No. Thoughts about UNLV getting an invite because it's Las Vegas and can build the program? Nope. No. UNLV only we looked at. Do they have the region? Absolutely, but they just don't. There's just not enough interest there. I, yeah. Uh. Let's not forget Air Force too. Coach Howdy Duty has said that um, he's he's questioned the viability of being a member of the Mountain West. Wouldn't surprise me if Air Force could be a team that's on the move. Air Force, where would they go? What does Air Force have? If the Big 12 couldn't get Colorado State, would they go to uh, Air Force instead? Yeah. Man, Big 12 would just hate that, though, for football. Like, you go from playing playing a five-spread, empty-set deep offense to going to having to play against triple option. <laughs> Dude, they would just absolutely <laughs> they just... They would hate They that. would hate the commissioner for that decision. <laughs> they would hate it. Yeah. Uh... Because uh, Air Force is uh, actually li- listed ahead of Colorado State in overall budget and revenue. Interesting. Air Force uh, is coming in at uh, sixty million dollars in revenue. Colorado State at fifty-six. Um, San Diego State at fifty-four, and Boise State at fifty. Hmm. Utah State, by the way, at forty-one. Further down on the list. Wait, what? what is it, Forty-one, you said. Forty-one million. Oh, yeah, that's not good. It's not great. One of the lowest in the Mountain West. Yeah. Bottom line here is that there's still change that's going to happen. As you mentioned, Pac-12 uh, is going to be discussing next week whether or not they legitimately go down that path of exploring expansion. Uh, what date did they set? End uh, the, end of, no, end of this week. End of this week? Yeah. End of this week. Uh, 4034 on the Guild Mortgage text line. The Pac-12 will almost certainly require new members to either be a top academic school or a research institution. Boise, Boise State, State is, is neither. neither. Amen. Yeah. That's what I've been saying. Yes. So wait, then it's more than about boy. Then it's more than just football in dollars. Then, right? It's it's more than just football in dollars for the Pac-12. Yes, that's a good way to answer for the Pac-12. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you also brought up a good point when I was asking about Baylor and Texas Tech. You said just the religious part of it, that, yeah, the whole religious thing. But they play on Sundays, don't they? Like, it's not like BYU religious, is it? Uh, they no, they don't have honor codes and things like BYU does. But they, So they play on Sundays and stuff, right? Because I know do. Pac-12 plays basketball on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah, but the vast majority of schools in the Pac-12 are members of the Association of American Universities, and those are considered high-level research institutions. The vast majority of those those schools in the Pac-12 are members. Not all of them, but the vast majority of them are. Boise State is not on the list of schools that are part of the Association of American Universities. 2603, easy. Swap out Boise State and Utah State for Pac-12. That would be awesome. I'd love it. Go to the Pac-12. We would... And, and, and maybe I'll ask our listeners. If we go to the... Would you be okay? Actually, you know what? We're going to do this. I'm going to ask our listeners. 435-339-0321. I want to hear from our listeners this. Would you rather stay in the Mountain? Would you rather stay in the Mountain West Conference and compete year after year after year in basketball and in football, or would you rather go to the Pac-12 and be in the bottom half and probably never see a conference championship? Because you're competing with the likes of USC, UCLA, Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona State, Utah. Would you rather? Stay in the Mount West Conference where you can compete year in and year out if you can get the right talent level or go to the Pac-12 and dogfight for probably bottom half of the conference. Gossip text coming in. 0005 says, I'd like to stay and compete. 6891, easy. That would be to stay. 2603, I would rather go to the Pac-12 and struggle early. We would have to rise up. But do you think we could rise up? That's the question. Do you think we could get there? Just by mere membership, you're going to get a cash flow that you've never seen before. Okay. By just mere membership, you're going to see competition and recruiting that you've never seen before. So you're going to get the snot beat out of you for the first five to eight years. Yes. Utah got it. Their butts kicked for like, I think, four or five years. Got a hand to do them. But then look at where they're at now. They're regularly a top 25 but team that's competing based at the on, top level. Dude, but that's based on great talent going to that school. Because they can now recruit at a whole other level. No, but here's the thing is, Eric, even with, like, by the way, 9315, I go to the Pac-12 because eventually we would be good with money and you receive a new recruiting. Yeah. Here, here, But here's my problem, Eric. When you have, and I, I'm biased because I go to Utah State. But if you have a kid from Florida looking at two schools, Utah and Utah State for football, they say what? Utah. Based on what, though, Eric? Is it based on facilities or is it based on playing in the Pac-12? There's a lot of factors, though. Am I going to play? Am I really going to be a contributor? Or am I going to be deep on the bench? Am I going to fight for scraps? Or am I going to be a star? Uh, look, there's plenty of guys on this roster right now. How does Utah State get anybody then? They got lots of guys on this roster. A lot of guys who Transfers. transferred here from 
transfers. Big Ten. But that are going to play. 12. But they're going to play now because Eric. Some of those transfers that are coming here and playing it doesn't now make up the whole team. Are playing be- like they would have been starters on our team if they just walked on. They're that good. They're coming from Michigan, Miami, Power Five conferences, Nebraska, we've, Arizona State. We've talked about it before. A second, TCU. a second stringer on a Power Five conference team is going to start over a guy right. who, who you're is, making my point. So there's other factors at play. I'm confused. Am then. I going to be on the bench, okay. or am I going to have a chance to play and be an impact player? Okay, so if it's Utah and Utah State in the Pac-12, people are still going to pick Utah. Oh, if they're in the same conference at yeah. this point? Now, uh, yeah, let's just change the, okay. we, we change the theory. Yes. Sorry, I'm changing it now. Sorry, I right, didn't catch that. No, 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 no. We were on the same subject. I'm just changing it Nike, right here at this moment. If we now, so let's change it. If we go to the same conference and we're, and we're, and we're in the same conference, both Pac-12, like just facilities-wise, right? I mean, we have great facilities at Utah State. They're phenomenal. So much better than they were 15, 16 years ago. Oh. Yeah, but yes. Utah is light years ahead of us in that regard. True. That's what scares me. Is like if we go to the Pac-12, they've had a head start, and they've had great donors. <laughs> Their well, donors they, are pretty, they're in a much bigger market. Uh, we're the talking larger pool to yeah, draw from. We're talking John Huntsman. We're talking Checkets or whoever else. They've had it. They've absolutely had it. We got a bunch of texts that came through zero 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 five. Utah got their butts kicked, and they left at a high something. A they high left at, so when they left the Mountain West, they were at a very high point. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they yeah. were on top of the Mountain West. And then they went to the Pac-12 and had to be the bottom feeder for a bit. Yeah. Yes. 4034. The revenue from the Pac-12 would be impossible to leave behind, but the market of Logan makes this a pipe dream. It's true. It's interesting. Yes. 2305. Pac-12 all the way. Mega revenue to Utah State. 5860. Stay and compete as long as we get an automatic playoff berth in the new playoff, you know, slash realignment. That's good. There's not a guarantee. But there's not a guarantee but that in there's the, in a the bigger Pac-12, opportunity. There's not like a guarantee. If you win in the Mountain West, you're never guaranteed a playoff berth. Ever. No. no. Uh, there was some discussion that, uh, you know, every conference champion should go, but that's that's not how it is. But with an expanded 12 teams, if you win in the Mountain West, there's a strong likelihood that you could be in that top 12. Mm. If you go mm. undefeated in the Mountain West, you're probably going to be in that discussion. Maybe. Certainly a much greater likelihood yes. than yes. what it is now. Absolutely. Yeah. But even if you're a Pac-12 champion, that doesn't guarantee you a playoff berth. By no means of the stretch. No. But... You're gonna get your opportunities to get in are far higher if you're a Pac-12 champion sure. than if you're a Mountain West, Mount West champion. Two six zero three. Uh, cash flow, ability to pay coach, recruits will come. We would be able to get a good coach and keep them. I'm not sold on that. I mean, two six zero three. Like, help me here. I, I want to have a good dialogue. If if we get okay, that's another good question. If we get into the Pac-12. Would a coach be more likely to stay? If we were in the Pac-12, would Craig Smith have stayed? If he's playing a Pac-12 schedule, yeah. he probably stays. 9315, who is the smallest market school in the Pac-12? I bet you they're the same as Utah State. No, I would say that they're probably higher than Utah State. Um, in fact, we have to look that up. I don't we'll even know. look at like Pullman. 
Um, Oregon State, where are they? Corvallis? Those are probably the smallest. Uh, so, let's see. These are the 2021 results. And they don't have it per school. Of course they don't. Good for them. Man, they made some major money, though. Holy cow. Um... Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the lowest revenue school would be, but I imagine they do okay based that they're on, on the fact that they're in the Pac-12. Corvallis Metropolitan Statistical Area population of fifty-four thousand. God, that's as big as Logan. Da, 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 two six zero three. I think Coach Smith stays and Anderson stays the first go around. The ability to compete and the ability to pay them. That's true. The ability to pay those guys is off the charts, and your assistants too. The ability to compete could get there. Man, would Anderson? Yeah, Anderson, the first go around. You don't think he would have left for Wisconsin? Played Big Ten football. Uh, Two six zero three Pullman is about thirty five thousand population. Yeah, I'm just looking it up. Pullman. Um, estimated population in 2019 to be about 35,000. Wow. Corvallis, about 55,000. Interesting. Logan, metropolitan area, 125,000. Well, that's fun. Huh, wow. Okay. So that's what's designated as a metropolitan statistical area. It's not just the city itself, but the surrounding communities. So, Pullman, Washington State, Oregon State, those schools are in the Pac-12 because of tradition. Like, you, you can't tell me that if the Pac-12 had an opportunity to dump those schools for somebody better, that they wouldn't consider it. But wait, even, wait, wait, even, wait, 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 wait. Even though they're in smaller communities, their facilities far surpass what we have in Logan. Uh, like we, we need to take a time out here in the full court press. We need to get to the Aggies. I uh, had a chance to catch up with some of the players, some of the coaches. Uh, we want to hear from them, their assessment of what's going on in fall camp. Um, who's a, we'll get some talk about trash talking in practices. Uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, how things are developing on offense and defense for Utah State football as they're winding down fall camp. Stay tuned. That's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. It's time to plan your fall home improvement project. You've had ideas on how to spruce up your outdoor space, and nothing is better than a smooth surface to party on. Castellite in Logan has pavers you can install yourself. But if you're not sure how to do it, their in-house professionals can teach you how to do it right. With Castalite, you can turn your outdoor living space into the entertainment capital of the neighborhood. For brick, block, rock, paver, and tile, go where the pros go. Online at Castalite.com. If you want to hit a home run or score a touchdown when it comes to your vehicle's maintenance, get your oil changed at Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan. This is Dustin with Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Preventative maintenance is huge in your game plan to keep your vehicle on the road. Not only do we change your oil, but we can also provide other services like recharging your air conditioning. Stay in your car while our trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main and Logan, across from Angie's. The Army National Guard plays a vital role in your community. 
We're on the front lines supporting essential personnel, first responders, law enforcement, and medical professionals, delivering food, supplies, and medicine, keeping communities safe, making a difference. During emergencies, we're always ready, always there. Learn more about part-time service in the Army National Guard at nationalguard.com. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. Ascent Aesthetics is quickly becoming the choice of those looking for Botox, fillers, skin care, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical grade facials, and more. Doctors Blotter Benyon and Robinette of Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat have assembled an incredible staff that want to meet and help you feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. At Ascent Aesthetics, it's always education first. Visit Ascent Aesthetics in their new Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. Go to AscentAesthetics.com. That's AscentAesthetics.com for more details. Saturday, September 11th is the National Day of Service and Remembrance, a chance to help others in tribute to those killed and injured on September 11th, 2001. To mark the day, everyone is invited to help clean headstones and memorials throughout our local cemeteries. We need volunteers from families, individuals, churches, and the community. This project is suitable for all ages, Saturday, September 11th, beginning at 9 a.m. Go to JustServe.org, enter your zip code, and search for National Day of service and remembrance the full court press connect with us on facebook twitter and online at 1069thefan.com maybe they can propose a trade could that be possible We'll we'll let you take Colorado State if uh, we get Oregon State. Oh, see, that'd be a good trade. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Oh, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. 2603 recruits. I go to BYU and Boise right now. I would think we would be able to go uh, or be able to get at least 80% of them to come to Logan if we are in the Pac-12. Hmm. Fair thought. 2305. If we were in the Pac-12, the stadium would be enlarged and you would have cushion seats in the Spectrum. You would have major revenue coming every year that we would currently don't have, and I think Utah gets something like between twenty and thirty million from sharing with the conference upgrading facilities will always be there, plus coaches' salaries. Yeah, I agree uh, on all points. You'll be a punching bag for the first several years. Yep, but event you'd be part of a greater revenue pool than what you get in the Mountain West. It would. Yeah. So if that invite comes, man, don't don't hesitate. You take it. Uh, but it's not going to happen. Uh, let's let's find out about the here and the now. Let's, let's not do hypotheticals. Utah State is getting ready for Washington State in the Pac-12 coming up next Saturday, and the players are getting ready. Some of these guys that we talked about, there are some transfers on this Utah State roster, some guys that have come from very notable programs. One of them is Hunter Reynolds, and he's part of that secondary at Utah State that's deep, it's got talent, it's it, they've got options. And he really adds to it. And I got a chance to catch up with him yesterday after practice up there on Merlin Olson Field. Talking to Hunter Reynolds, getting an idea about the secondary for Utah State University. But before we do that, Hunter, first, what brought you to Utah State? You're one of a a pretty good number of transfers who decided to come to Utah State. So what brought you to the Aggies? Uh, When I first entered the portal, and Utah State contacted me. I did a little bit of research, uh, see who the defensive coaches were. Saw uh, Coach Bondos coming over from Miami, and I knew they had a great defense there. And uh, just tr- 
learning his system, like seeing the system they were running while I was uh, watching film, like kind of throughout the spring. That uh, that really enticed me. It looked like a really good system for me and my abilities, and it looked like a system that I knew that uh, would be successful for the entire defense. You're not the only guy from Michigan to come over here. So uh, did you guys have any conversations about uh, coming together? Uh, so I entered the portal before Phil did, and I made a decision to come here before he did. And he was just asking me questions like, what do you think about the coaching staff? Uh, you know, what do you think about Logan, Utah? Because we were still in COVID, obviously, so we didn't have a chance to uh, make a trip out here and kind of visit. So a lot of it was just online research, but he was asking me just a lot of questions. Uh, and yes, that kind of, you know, having the opportunity to go to a new environment, but with someone you knew, that kind of uh, appeased both of us. And that's how we both ended up here. When did you first arrive here in Logan? Uh, beginning of June. Okay. So you've been able to be here through the off-season conditioning, everything of that, and then fall camp's going. So how your your assessment of how the defense is coming together for Utah State? Uh, I think the defense is coming along really well. Uh, I knew when I first got here we were having player-run practices, and I could just tell that a lot of guys knew what they were doing because they were coaching me, and they say the best way to uh, learn something is when you can teach someone else how to do it. So they were teaching me throughout the summer, uh, putting me in a position to where once I got to camp I knew what I was doing. But more importantly, you could just tell guys were locked in, they were bought in. Uh, this is like really important to all of us. I wasn't here last year, but last year wasn't the season that Utah State would have wanted. And you could tell guys like really have a hunger about them and they want to make sure that this year is the best year possible. This is a situation where there's guys that get extra years to come back. So there's some guys here who have been here for quite a while. And we've got a mix of guys like you that just have been able to transfer and show up. How is that mix working out between guys that have been in the system for a while and a lot of these new faces? I think it's working out well. Uh, obviously, you have the guys who have been here, but this is a new coaching staff. So this is kind of a chance for all of us to have a fresh start. Uh, you know, these might be different techniques than we did in the past, but you could really tell everyone's trying really hard to make those improvements every day, get one degree better, and make sure that we're doing things the way the coaches want us to do them. And there seems to be a lot of depth and real talent in that secondary for Utah State this year. What's your assessment of, of how that's working out and how you fit into it? Uh, you know, we're definitely a great group. Uh, I think we go, you know, multiple guys deep at each position. Uh, we got have guys that work hard. We have guys that can run, cover, hit. Uh, you know, we're, like I said, we're taking it day by day, trying to just learn the techniques uh, Coach Bonda wants us to do and making sure that we do them to the best of our abilities and that we play hard. And then finally, just uh, game one at Washington State. It's coming up quick. What what still needs improvement from your observation? I think, you know, the little details here and there, we can lock down on them. Uh, you know, we're still installing stuff, so making sure that we're just clean on everything, making sure that the stuff that we were doing the first couple of days at camp don't get lost on us and you know we stay locked into those things the way we're locked into whatever we learn today or tomorrow so just you know those little focus points make sure that we don't make a small mistake that seems minor but in the grand scheme of things can you know cost us a play in a game great well uh, hunter reynolds thanks so much thanks for taking some time and good luck thank you that's hunter reynolds and uh the wind <laughs> decided to join us sorry about that it made it hard to hear. Uh, I like Hunter. Uh, Me too. Smart, uh, great head on his shoulders. Um, Pack excuse me, Big Ten experience. Uh, great leadership that he brings. He's a good vocal leader out there in the field. And even though he's new here, I, I can see players look look to him and uh, take what he says seriously. So uh, good to have him in there. This is it's a really good and deep secondary that Utah State has this year, Ajay and I. 
I really like Coach Bonda and how he uses that depth and experience in his defensive coaching staff. And that will be really fun to, to see how they use that to their advantage um, and uh, as they go up against opposing offenses this year. Yeah, we've talked about it before, just how good that experience is to help you out, to be able to get you. I mean, they're, they're going to need it, too. I mean, they're going to need every bit of it. We got There's good receivers all over the Mountain West Conference. San Jose State's full of them as well. So um, we, we have a lot of – and we should have big expectations for that defensive backfield. Uh, somebody else that I spoke to yesterday was John Gentry. This is a group of running backs at Utah State that's – uh, it's, we're having a hard time seeing separation there, but the coaching staff says that it's going to be by committee anyway. But uh, still, want to get a chance to hear from John Gentry as he's been here at Utah State for a little while and how he thinks things are going and his assessment of what we saw uh, on Saturday and still what needs to be done before game one. Hey, John Gentry, running back for Utah State. And uh, first, John, just I'm going to get your assessment of how things went uh, for the scrimmage on Saturday. I believe it went it went very well. You know, we got a lot of things to work on as a a team, as a whole, and especially as an offense. You know, just you know making our run fits all right and our pass game is uh, stays lethal. So uh, you know, just growing every day. There, the coaches have been pretty clear. Uh, they think the offense is going to be running back by committee. There's not going to be one designated guy. You're all going to get some opportunities. How do you feel like you fit into that? And how do you feel like you all kind of complement each other in your different running styles? I, I love my running back group. Uh, you know, everybody is kind of a leader, so everybody listens to everybody. You know, we got Calvin Tyler. Uh, he got two years. We got DAC as, a, as an old guy. And then we got me, Fado, and Like as, you know, uh, compliments of them. So, you know, and Cooper Jones, actually, he's he's my guy. So, you know, we, we kind of all can get in there and make and make things happen uh, for our offense. So, uh, I think we're going to be, we're trying to be like a, you know, running back by committee type of type of team. So, I think we, we got the right people to do that. And then uh, it just, how would you describe your specific style and like how you like to uh, do things? Maybe there's a, some guys are power back, some more speed. Like, how would you describe like how you particularly like to run the rock? I'm kind of like I feel like I'm all down back, but I just try to do whatever the coach asks me to do, whether it's uh, lining up in the spread and being an empty or taking inside zones or outside zones, uh, you know, to the field and try to contribute as much as I can and score for us. That's that's the main thing. Last year was just weird <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Uh, how do you feel about things are going this time, getting ready for the 2021 football season? Last year was kind of a blur. So, you know, I feel like this year the team has more grasp of what the coaches want and, you know, what we want. We got a kind of different motivation. And so, you know, everybody loves each other and we're playing as a team. You know, we're just going to get it done. So this is a mix of uh, guys that have been here for a while. Guys get to stick around for even longer than normal. But there's also a lot of transfers that have coming in. How do you feel like everybody's coming together, and, and how is it all mixing? I feel like uh, it's a lot of different personalities. Uh, you know, you got kind of subtle guys who gonna uh, lead by example on the field, and then you got the guys who who lead with their with their mouth in and show how you know how they're contributing on the field. So I feel like everybody's kind of meshing real good right now, and uh, I think we're gonna have a great season. And then finally, what do you feel like still needs to be worked on or improved before week one at Washington State? As an offense, I feel like, you know, our tempo uh, has to speed up more because, you know, Coach Tuck, he wants us to go fast. So uh, we're trying to outplay the other team and keep our stamina, uh, you know, as we do that. So we're just trying to move fast, uh, 
and outwork the other team. John Gentry, thank you so much, and uh, good luck. Thank you. I like John. Uh, I think that uh, he's part of this group of running backs that they're trying to separate from each other, but nobody's really created a lot of separation. But um, he had some good moments in the scrimmage, uh, on the, well, in both scrimmages, uh, quite frankly, in the last two Saturdays. So uh, I think we'll see him get carries. Yeah, me uh, too. How many? Don't know. It may just be who's running well today, and they may get uh, more carries than the next guy. Um, but I guess that's a bit of a luxury that they have. But it's also a bit of a it's not it, a, a it, tough it's a situation, luxury, but it's also a problem manage. too. Yeah, like hey, we have five running backs. Great, you really only need two. Like use one for a downhill, use one as a pass catcher. That's shifty as well. Five running backs. I don't know. Too many, in my opinion. Uh, coming up next, we'll hear from the wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator Kyle Cephalo. Uh, another group that has a lot of talent and depth is the wide receivers. Get his thoughts on how things are progressing so far on the offense for Utah State. Kyle Cephalo coming up next here on the Full Court Press. We love being in Smithfield and making it easy for our friends and customers to do their banking. Hi, this is Danny Hansen, ranch manager at Cash Valley Bank in Smithfield. If you don't bank with us, I invite you to discover what a great financial partner you'll find in Cash Valley Bank. I'm anxious to get to know you and invite you to stop by and say hello. Now celebrating our second year in Smithfield, located on the corner of Center and Main, Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We love the family place and we want to give back to the community. Through August 28th, we will donate a portion of our sales to the family place of Cash Valley. Stop in and check out the new load of Whirlpool scratch and dent appliances we have in stock. Get these top-of-the-line appliances with our exclusive two-year extended warranty. That's at Daryl's, where service always comes first. Daryl's West on Airport Road. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Ajay, this Utah State wide receiver core has a really interesting mix of guys. You got some speedsters. I think you got some really reliable guys, good sure hands, guys that aren't afraid to go across the middle. You've got a good possession receiver. Uh, it's a really interesting mix that uh, Blake Anderson has and offensive coordinator uh, Anthony Tucker has at his disposal. But the guy who's coaching them up has a lot of experience coaching up great wide receivers and has turned in some offensive players of the year before, and that is Kyle Cephalo, the wide receivers coach at Utah State. And uh, I got a chance to catch up with him today after practice up on the uh, the practice field, and there really wasn't that much wind this morning, thank goodness. So it should be a little bit easier to hear <laughs> what Kyle Cephalo <laughs> has to say. Hey, John Gentry, running back for Utah State. And uh, first, John, just... And that is not Kyle Cephalo. That's John Gentry. Let's try that again. This should be Kyle. Kyle Cephalo, he's a wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator. And uh, first coach, just... You're a guy who's you played at Colorado. You spent some time at Boise State. You're familiar with the Mountain West. Um, just what's it like being back in this area for you? Uh, I love it. I've I've been fortunate enough. I've kind of lived on each coast. I've lived in the mountains. I've lived in the south a little bit. And um, but you know, from high school and college, 
you know, this is kind of the atmosphere that I'm used to and the mountains and the outdoors and the skiing and different things like that and the fly fishing. So when I actually do have time off, I, I'm literally a kid in the candy store out here. So I love the weather. I love, you know, I love the mountains and the environment. And, uh, and I'm, you know, very blessed to be back here. You already got your favorite uh, spots picked out on the rivers? Oh, absolutely I do. I'm not going <laughs> to tell anyone. But I, I, I've, done some, I've done some scoping and I found a couple of spots that I love. So it's been anytime you can leave your door and be somewhere fly fishing, in 20 minutes you can't beat it that's 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 something i just love to do so you've been in places where you've been able to coach um conference offensive players of the year um wide receivers different spots a couple different times what's your assessment of the wide receiver core here at utah state and how are they coming along they're coming along really really well you know it kind of started in the spring first really just getting to know each other learning a brand new offense um and you know the most important part of that to me is just building a relationship with the kids and individually trying to work on that because you know i am their new wide receivers coach and i kind of just show up one day and now they have to listen to what i say and we have to um and you know we have to work really well together so i take a lot of pride in that and i think it's really important that as as we're building with football and as a wide out and technically and fundamentally getting to know one another and uh and, and knowing how to teach and coach people, whether it's the same or a little bit different for different guys. Different guys might need different things. That's the most important thing for me. Um, and as we've progressed, that part of it's been phenomenal. I love I love the room. Uh, some great kids, some hardworking kids, and some really competitive, talented kids too. And I think throughout fall camp, we've shown that you know one day it's you know one kid, and the next day it's the other guy, and the really good depth that's being developed in the room right now. And I think there's a lot of talent. There's still a ton of work to do, and there's a ton of room to grow individually and they're working on you know different things but uh, I, I couldn't be more pleased at this point you've got some veterans some guys like Jordan Nathan who started as many games as anybody on this roster and uh, Scarver who's played in as many games as anybody else but you've also got some guys that are new to this program like Brandon Bowling who you're familiar with but still it's a new environment for him how's that been working just mixing everybody together I mean they're all new to you you're new to them but how's it kind of coming together at this point I think it's coming together really well like you said we have some experience we have some leadership uh, you know Jordan Nathan is a guy that he does take on a really good leadership role in the room and when he speaks up and he's and he has the courage to do so you know people listen and they respond to him so I respect that and it can't always be me talking up there sometimes the you know they have to they have to get involved and take over and take control sometimes so to have guys like him and and, and Savon Scarver and Devin Tompkins and Brandon Bowling who's played a lot of football just in a different uniform um, so I think having that experience mixed with some new kids mixed with some young kids it's been uh, it, it's been really good so far I've been really enjoying it and so one of those young guys who certainly showed out on Saturday was Kyle Van Leeuwen. Yes. Coach Sanderson, very high on him that he's been practicing really well, putting in the time. And some of these younger guys also, they're they're fighting for time too, and looks like they're going to get some. Yeah, no, Kyle Van Leeuwen, I mean, really since the spring and then every day in fall camp, he's been he's been consistent and very productive. And it's just hard to, it's hard to argue with a kid that shows up every day, always has a smile on his face, just a great kid to be around, takes coaching really well. Um, knows where he needs to improve and really works on that. But, you know, even when he maybe makes a mistake, he seems to end up with the football in his hand in the back of the end zone. So um, been just so proud of him. And then, you know, the true freshman, Nana Davis from Alabama, has come in, and he kind of has shined in a couple, you know, the first scrimmage especially and did a really good job. And 
he can really run. He's really fast. And he's really tough for a little guy, and he's not scared to, you know, to mix it up and things like that. So there's enough, you know, experience, enough young guys that, um, like I said, just continues, you know, continuously be pleased with the group. Do you feel like you've got the right mix of, of styles of wide receivers that can stretch the field, run different routes as you need? Yeah, I think we do. I mean, you know, a guy like Justin McGriff, who's, you know, six five and a half, and that presents matchup problems right away. Savon Scarver's, you know, shown his speed and, his, and the ability to be dynamic in the kick return game, and I think he continuously can prove that as a wideout as well, and he's done a really good job and really good depth on the inside with Devin and Brandon and Kyle and Nana to be able to rotate a bunch of guys that can really run. They're all really smart. They know the playbook. They're learning, um, and they make tough catches and contested catches, so I like the... And, you know, another kid that can't go unmentioned is Derek Wright. He's been really, really, really productive. He's big. He's strong. Really smart. Um, and apparently can leap pretty well. And apparently <laughs> he can jump over people when he needs to. I think he kind of opened everybody on the staff size with that one. I was like, wow. It was, he really got up there. But another kid that just shows up every day, does his job, and ends up with the football in his hand. So really... Really pleased with the balance we've got right now. And then just lastly, your role as passing game coordinator. Uh, certainly there's a battle going on with the quarterbacks, but how is that developing and just their relationship with your wide receivers? No, it's been really good. I think it starts with Coach Tucker and I's relationship. You know, he coached me when I was in college. Um, my first GA job was for him at Arkansas State with the wide receivers. We spent time at the University of Maryland together. And honestly, over the past 10 to 12 years, we've become really good friends, and we've always found time to spend time with one another outside of football and different things like that. So um, I think that relationship, you know, I think it rubs off on the players. I think they know that. I think they know that we enjoy coming to work every day with each other, and and, and the quarterbacks as well, and the wideouts. I mean, it's just a, it's a really just comfortable relationship. Everyone enjoys himself, but everyone's working for jobs, and everyone wants to compete, and, and we know that. And in the midst of us enjoying ourselves and enjoying our work, you know, there's. You know, like we always say, there's kind of money on the line at all times, and everyone wants wideouts want the ball, and quarterbacks want to be out there. So, some really, really healthy competition going on. Kyle Cephalo, thanks so much, and uh, best of luck leading up to game one. Thanks so much. Okay, that's uh, Kyle Cephalo, and uh, he's he's sharp. Yeah, I like him. He, In fact, he knows just, how to coach wide receivers. You're just saying off the mic that, you know, you could see him being a head coach one day, and I totally agree with you. Uh, the his players respond to him. Oh, they love him too. Yeah, they love him a lot. He knows how to coach talent. <laughs> he knows how to improve <clears throat> talent. He's got a track record of doing it, and he likes what he sees here out of Utah State. It is a good mix, uh, Jay. There were some questions earlier on, but I, I my questions have been settled. I think there there's guys who will take a a pass across the middle to do the close routes. I think you've got some burners. I think you got a good position, uh, possession receiver. Uh, it's a good mix. It's just, can the quarterback get the ball to him? Will the offensive line give him time? Those are the questions, really, uh, for this Utah State offense. Those are the big questions. It's not about if a wide receiver gets it, if he can do something with it after he gets it. it it's, can the quarterback get the ball to him? Will he have enough time to do yep. that? Yeah, will he have enough time? And he's, he's got to step up and put touch on it and make the throw. Uh, we didn't have enough time to get to Ray Brown, the cornerback's coach. We'll push him off to tomorrow. Uh, he talks a little bit about the trash talking <laughs> on the sidelines and among the players who he thinks is the biggest trash talker. Uh, he was mentioned as he could be one of the bigger ones. Uh, so we'll hear from him coming up. I'm excited up. about that, actually. Yeah, it's, it's really fun to hear from him. He's a great guy and uh, coaching another good, deep, 
group of, uh, of players for Utah State. So stay tuned for that uh, tomorrow. We'll have that on tomorrow's edition of the Full Court Press. And we'll have to even push off the stat and player because we didn't get to that either.